1: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Wow, a lot to discuss today as we remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. on this January 17th, 2022, Arkansas coming off of a big visit weekend and got a couple of commitments out of the transfer portal and are not done yet. We're also going to talk a little bit about Razorback basketball. Danny West is going to join us, of course. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Live. <laughs> Before we get started, of course, I want to remind you, there's so many ways to watch and listen, guys. You're not going to believe it. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to subscribe to the channel, join 85,000 Arkansas fans, and follow the page. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of. to Find your favorite podcast. Be sure to throw us that five-star review if you haven't done so already on Apple Podcasts. We certainly appreciate that. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month. So sign up if you haven't. There's been a lot of people taking advantage because there's so much activity lately with the transfer portal. The sky is falling. Greg Brooks is gone. Joe Fouché is gone. What's happening? Malik Cornsby's gone. The sky is falling. The transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh away. I think we can all see that now. First of all, Malik Hornsby's back with the team. That kind of seemed like a, a bit of a hasty decision. You know, he kind of tweeted out something. You know, everybody's always got these graphics and everything and, you know, thanking everybody. And he just tweets, I'll be entering the transfer portal tomorrow. Sometimes I think, and I don't know if this is the case with Malik Hornsby or not, but sometimes, you know, these guys go home right after the bowl game and, you know, kind of get in their head a little bit, see other stuff going on. Maybe people are talking to them. Who knows? Who knows what the situations are Exactly. But uh, certainly good news that Malik Hornsby's coming back. And I've said this before, you know, even when he transferred, it's like, you know, we've we got this idea of what Malik Hornsby's future looks like at Arkansas. And it looks like a pretty good future to us, but who knows what he's thinking exactly. To us, it looks like, hey, he could, he could be a starter for three years at Arkansas. I'll have always felt like once he figures it out, once that light bulb comes on and he becomes, you know, a, a good passer – or an average passer. Say he just becomes an average passer, then he is extremely dangerous already because he's such a good runner. Did I lose my notes? Here they are. Okay. All right. So let's get to the weekend real quick. Arkansas has four commitments now to the transfer portal. They've lost like 14, I guess. Um, They've had a couple of guys enter the transfer portal and come out. Malik Hornsby and Jalen St. John both entered and came out. So, four commitments right now, the latest being Dwight McLeathern. Dwight McLeathern almost committed to Arkansas in the past. Like, we talked about him all the time. He was a big-time cornerback recruit out of Klein Oak, Spring, Texas, Klein Oak High School in the class of 2020. He started some games for LSU last year. He's not been re-ranked. From a recruiting standpoint, he's uh, he's a four-star in high school, number 278 overall prospect in the country. But he hasn't been re-ranked yet uh, for a transfer portal ranking. So I I would assume he's still going to be a four-star, which would mean Arkansas and Florida are the only programs in the country with four four four-stars out of the transfer portal. And these aren't just like guys that were like, you know, rated well in high school and, you know, kind of flopped. I mean, we don't know about Landon Jackson, you know, how good he can be, but he's 6'7". 273, another guy that probably would have committed to Arkansas out of high school if not for Arkansas's scary record. You know, obviously winning just like, what, seven games over three years. Uh, but he's 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 going to be a good player. I mean, he's got all the tools. They really like him. Uh, McGlothern played a good bit for LSU. Uh, Jaden Hazelwood led Oklahoma in catches. And then Drew Sanders is the latest one who started games for Alabama last year at linebacker. Let's look at their stats real quick. Look at their let's look at their rankings and stuff first. So McLaughlin, number two hundred seventy eight overall prospect in the country coming out of high school, number twenty cornerback, number forty one in Texas, four star recruit coming out of high school. Also, I got to mention this: Cade uh, Fortin. I guess that's how you say it. Has also committed to Arkansas. He's a uh, South Florida Bull transfer, walk on quarterback, six three two twenty one. He was originally at North Carolina, signed with North Carolina. From Suwanee, Georgia, in the class of two thousand eighteen. Played his last two seasons at USF, but he he's joining as a walk on, which is a good good thing because even with Malik Hornsby coming back, I mean you're still you're still super thin <laughs> at quarterback. So good to get another addition there. All right, so Jaden Hazelwood out of high school was the number four ranked player in the country. Period. Number one wide receiver, number one out of Georgia number 133 all-time, all-time number 133. So super recruit, big-time player, towards ACL in the spring of 2020, came back and played a little bit uh, in the 2020 season at the end of it, and then uh, 2021, let him in catches, let him in touchdown receptions. 39 catches, 399 yards, six touchdowns. Landon Jackson, number 125 overall prospect in the country. Number eight, Edge, number 19 recruit in Texas, 6'7", 273. I think he played in just like one game last year as a true freshman. Didn't record any stats to to my knowledge. Drew Sanders, number 22 overall prospect in the country. Number one athlete, number three in Texas, number 447 all time. 6'5", 232. Listed as a recruit. 6'5", 244 listed at Alabama last year. 24 tackles, one sack, two passes defended. Nice pickup. Nice pickup. He took over. They had an injured player. He took over for them at linebacker. And uh, I believe hurt his hamstring and fell back a little bit. Still played a lot. Uh, but he's a, he's a good-looking guy for the future. He's class of 2020, so he's got a lot of eligibility left. Landon Jackson does. Dwight McLeather does. Jaden Hazelwood has a couple years, three years, I guess, at maximum with the COVID year if he wants it. So McLeather was 278 overall, number 20 cornerback, 41 in Texas. I think I mentioned that. McLeather last season had 31 tackles, an interception, a forced fumble, that, that interception was a 37-yard pick six, five passes defended. He had three tackles against Arkansas last season. Not bad. And there's some more action, and we're going to talk to Danny West here in just a little bit. But uh, Luke Haas, I don't know how you say that. It's a Z at the end, H-A-S-Z. could be German like it's Haas, Luke Haas, maybe. Number 59 overall prospect in the country, number two tight end, number one in Oklahoma. Looked like he was going to Oklahoma. Obviously had a coaching change. Right now he's listed warm to Arkansas. Bixby, tight end, 6'3", 220. Again, number 59 overall nationally. Number two tight end, number one in Oklahoma. Arkansas certainly, it almost feels like some kind of an overreaction because the tight end position has been thin, like thin since Sam Pittman got here. And they already have two commitments in the class at tight end, and he would be another one if they end up getting him. And they're all four-stars. So, Shamar Easter is number 117-ranked player in the country. This is class of 2023. 6'5", 225. Jaden six six two twenty five. 6'6", 225. Number 301 nationally. Number 16 tight end. Four-star also. They're off to a really good start. And these guys could all play. You know, you could play three tight ends if you wanted to. You could, you know, roll some of these guys at wide receiver, you know. Number six-ranked class in the country right now. Number three in the SEC. That's pretty solid. Right now for Arkansas in the twenty twenty two class, just backing up a little bit. Arkansas is twenty first nationally and ninth in the SEC. So they drop back a little bit as, you know, teams continue to get more uh recruits. Now in the transfer rankings, Arkansas currently is fourteenth, but McLuthern, they haven't readjusted McLeod's ranking yet. So Are they 14th? They updated it? Oh, no, they updated it. So Arkansas is fifth now. So they have updated McLeather. Arkansas, again, Arkansas and Florida, the only two teams in the country with four four four-star transfers. Arkansas has five commits, including the the quarterback. But they're number five nationally. Number five nationally. We got to fix the quarterback deal because it's counting as a scholarship guy, I think. Okay. And in the hybrid, the overall ranking, so they combine the transfers and all that. Arkansas is 16th nationally. So the 2023 recruiting class, counting transfers and high school recruits right now, is number 16 overall with nine four star commitments, 25 overall. We're looking at three more guys depending on what happens with Miles Slusher. Three more guys out of the transfer portal. Me, personally, defensive tackle. Now, they had a defensive tackle up here, obviously, the transfer from from Tulsa. I think he's a good player. I worried about his size. He's listed at six foot. If you're six foot, that's one thing. But if you're not, to me, what I hear is he's maybe a little closer to 5'10 than six foot. And you can be a good player in the AAC. I get that. And probably, you know, I just have a hard time believing you, at that size, you're not going to get pushed around a little bit in the SEC. That's my only thing. But they're after several other defensive ta- uh, defensive tackles. That's what I think they need, interior guys. I would probably like to see if they're going to sign three more transfers, two more interior defensive linemen, and, uh, and a safety. That's where I would like to see them go, personally. And if not that, a safety and an interior defensive lineman and then a best available, whatever that looks like. Somebody that's maybe younger that – you know, maybe help you down the road. okay, I want to get to Danny now for those of you who don't follow Danny West, you can follow him at Danny West two four seven on Twitter been with us for a long time. Nobody covers recruiting like Danny. He always gets embarrassed when i when I prop him up too much. <laughs> So why are you telling everybody I'm so great? He does a great job, and everybody who's at hogsports.com knows that. What's up, Trey? Danny, I was just telling everybody how you're the best in the world at what you do. I know see, that doesn't embarrass you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told I told y'all. Anyway. He told me the other day. He's like, "Hey, why do you always say that? <laughs> let's just say it. Let's just say I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> good looking, anyway." I didn't say that. <laughs> What's up today? Well, a lot, Danny. Obviously, uh, we just talked a little bit about the uh, the quarterback transfer who's who's jumping on as a walk-on out of South Florida, formerly of North Carolina. And uh, just a big overall recruiting weekend. And I thought, you know, we kind of went over some of the, the transfer additions, but I thought you could kind of just give us a rundown of the stuff that happened over the weekend.
0: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Yeah, just an enormous weekend, really. I mean, one of the best ones I can remember in a long time. Um, Obviously, everybody wants to talk about the two uh, transfers coming in, and and rightfully so. They're as big as they get. Arkansas obviously needed both of those positions filled, and I think they filled them with some really, really good players. But um, outside of that, you also had a a huge prospect day, one of the best that I can recall, and, and a lot of positive momentum coming out of that one, I think you know we we sit here we get through the weekend you get a couple of commitments everybody says oh that was a that was a nice little run well we're right in the middle of it this thing is far from over and uh <clears throat> i think throughout the week you you've got a good chance to get some more good news but I uh, want to say this Trey mm-hmm. you got to give credit to Michael Scherer, the linebacker's coach i think he's he's proven it time and time again kind of under the radar a little bit but to go out and get a guy like Drew Sanders and former five-star guy that could have gone just about anywhere in the country, I think it's it's time to give Michael Scherer a lot of credit here. Yeah. You know, he just – he had three guys go over 100 tackles. His guy won the Burlsworth Award. He signed a really quality linebacker class and Jordan Crook and Manny Powell, Caden Henley. He got Bumper to come back, and now he's got a five-star to join him. And it's not just that. I mean, you look at some of the 2023 and 2024 – visitors that he's had on campus tacky curtis four-star had another one in here this weekend troy uh ford out of georgia four-star raul aguirre has been here four-star out of georgia carmelo overton list goes on and on four-star guys overton will be here soon i should say i think they've got a good chance to get grayson howard a florida kid a four-star um when I say have a chance to get him, I mean on campus. So mm-hmm. I want to make that very clear. But I think they could get a visit out of Grayson. Everett Roussel will be here this weekend. Keep an eye on that one. So just a really impressive run by by Coach Sharon. I just wanted to make sure we're giving him credit for that. That was really impressive.
1: Absolutely. When you do when you do good things, you 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 get credit. And and I put I put full blame on Sam Carter, by the way, Danny, for uh, the addition of Dwight McLaughlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's gotta go. <laughs> he's got, I mean, he's they were they were there's some people that were hard on coach last yeah. week. I mean
2: it was a rough stretch for Coach, but hey, you know what? He's he's kinda done the same thing. We'll see what happens with, with some of the uh commitments from his previous class and, and how that may shake out. But I mm-hmm. think they signed a couple of really good guys and Anthony Brown and uh Jalen Lewis, a couple of yeah. Tennessee kids. Uh, both of which, I think, have a chance. I'm not going to say they're going to come in and start, but I think both of those guys can help you in the two deep next year. We'll see how they close out this thing. Maybe another DB edition. But I, Dwight McLuthern, man, that's a – you remember back in the day we used to do the hog hustle with Jayhawk? Yeah, Hawk? I was, talking, was talking, talking about that earlier. Yeah. every week. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of – feel somewhat justified that he came full circle because as much as i talked about him a year or two ago i, I feel like it's uh it, it paid off
1: yeah it, it, he was a guy we talked about all the time and whoops
2: right right there buddy
1: we're all good everybody we're fine drop the mic <laughs> drop the mic, mic drop um but yeah we talked about him a lot and i know a lot of lsu fans are like um you know like thinking he could have been their best returning corner. By the way, I gotta clarify clarify something because I, I keep doing this to to Miles Slusher. I keep accidentally mentioning him when I'm talking about transfers and I'm meaning somebody else. And a minute ago I mentioned him when I'm talking about Miles Rouser. Miles Rouser is the guy that might you know who depended on what happens with him, sure. not Miles yep. Slusher. Miles Slusher is is in the fold, uh, he's but good to go. yeah, he's good. But uh, anyway, I keep I keep doing that. He's he's like the the guy whose name keeps coming out of my mouth at the wrong time. It's well, just we've like, had
2: a lot of Miles Miles lately. I know. I, think I, back I, Miles I even Mason.
1: I brought it up to him too. I was like, was there somebody? Was there like a you know somebody like who was famous like <laughs> 18, 20 years ago named Miles <laughs> yeah. like. Darius Miles, maybe I'm thinking, like, because there was Miles Rouser, Miles Slusher, Miles Mason, and they're all safeties. And that's I can't a remember a single they're... Miles, Danny. I can't remember a single player named Miles aside Colton, from those guys and the whole Colton, time they've been covering. Uh,
2: wasn't there a Colton Miles Nash or
1: Nash? Colton Miles, Miles Nash would be the closest one. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, that's a hyphenated last name. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. that's I'm, the closest. I'm closest thinking of uh,
2: 2023, it could continue. I, I've been talking to Miles McVay, four-star offensive tackle out of East St. Louis, could be mm-hmm. setting up a trip down here pretty soon. So another Miles. Position? Offensive tackle, 6'7", oh. 365.
1: Not a safety. Okay. Six seven yeah.
2: three what? 365. Wow. Yeah. He's plenty big. He's
1: plenty big. <laughs> what year is that? 2023? He's a
2: 23. 2023. He's got offers from everybody except the mm-hmm. Packers at this point. He can go anywhere.
1: Yeah, Arkansas's uh, offensive line is getting bigger and bigger, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit after we get off of Danny, some of the my 10 projected impact returnees. So, Danny, this is uh, a record year also for early enrollees. I count 20 mm-hmm. right now that are expected to early, to early enroll. I mean – what is, what's going on? Do they, they intentionally target guys that have the chance to enroll early? And what what is this trend? Is this something happening all around the country? It feels like more and more, I guess, it's happening in Arkansas. But I'm, 20 is astonishing.
2: I don't know if they go out and say, hey, let's only get guys that are going to come in in, mm-hmm. in January. But uh, I do think it um, – you know when they get on a kid get an early commitment i think they go to work right away and say hey let's get you squared away see what your academics look like and and get you in here early there's so many benefits of it you know mm-hmm. uh, just the acclimation period of, of being a college student and you know back in the day i'm i'm old enough to remember a time when you know kids stayed at home for most of the summer oh yeah they'd get up here and, and try to get go through conditioning and you know they're trying to get to class don't even know where they're going and and also they've got a lot of pretty girls to look at so it's a lot to handle at one point i would rather um as the coaches do too i'm sure rather get them here in the spring and and get them going a little bit but 20 is a staggering number
1: it really is
2: and it includes of course four transfers i guess Mm -hmm. but um Yeah, 13 last year. I thought, man, what in the world is going on? It's getting earlier and earlier every year. And now you look up, there's seven more in this year's class. So to answer your question, I think it's a trend that will continue because there's so many benefits from it, especially for an Arkansas team that, you know, they're going to have some spots to fill. I think they've got a shot to be good again next year, but they've got a lot to figure out this spring. A lot of those guys could benefit from
1: it. I can remember back, at, it's probably been about 2005, around when Darren McFadden, there were still guys that, you know, would just stay home. And I remember even Houston <laughs> Nut would like encourage guys just to, you know, finish out high school. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be up here yeah. a while. Um, I those can remember days are over with. Jose Valdez was like one of the, like maybe the last guy I can remember that didn't report over the summer at any point, you know, like. Yeah. That was a thing too, like you had to run it you had to do the conditioning drill and stuff, and I remember thinking Valdez was gonna be out of shape, but he had been running hills every day at at home and was like the fastest offensive line they yeah. had, so.
2: he ended up being a good player yeah here. you know what I still see Jose all the time you do you know go all, all the time I see him at Lowe's. Where did I see him just uh, recently?
1: He's like, got to be was... like mid thirties right now, I guess,
2: yeah, well, what's wrong with that?
1: nothing I I'm just you know. <laughs> In my head he's yeah. a kid. <laughs> yeah, he's stuck
2: around here. I forget what he told me he's doing, but he's doing well and and still looks like he could play, so it's mm-hmm. always good to run into him.
1: Yeah, good to see former players. So, Danny, anything else to add in recruiting information that you want to talk about? I mean, it's been sure, yeah. it's been a nice I mean the sky was falling last week and, and this after this weekend it's uh, everybody's everybody's thinking Arkansas could be pretty salty next year again.
2: Yeah, they, yeah, I think they feel a lot better, especially coming out of the weekend. I, I could talk a, for an hour about mm-hmm. what they just had up here. And that's, you know, that's without a few guys who weren't able to make yeah. it due to the weather. Rough I mean, weather. Uh, yeah, I heard Ryan Wingo and, and his uh, dad got in the car and drove about two hours outside of St. Louis and said, eh, it's not looking too good. So yeah. they had to turn around, go back. I'm sure you saw the video of. Uh, Caleb James who made the trip mm-hmm. uh, had a little bit of a spin out there with his dad going back home so the weather was not ideal but you'll end up getting guys like Ryan Wingo, Cameron Jenkins as a, a safety out of Louisville, Texas for the 23 class, He'll he'll reschedule that thing and Trey Holly, mm-hmm. four star running back out of Louisiana. He had to reschedule, but feel confident in saying those guys are going to make it back up here. A lot of positive reaction. I actually put out somewhat of a notebook uh, maybe an hour or so ago. It's got a lot of feedback from uh, most of your top targets, including Luke Haz, 2023 four star tight end out of Bixby, Oklahoma. He was here. Steve Wilfong got with him after the Saturday visit. He had positive things to say. and. Again, I think he's one that you got to keep your eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, and could could make a decision somewhat soon from what we're hearing. So How are they going to work that with three
1: tight ends if they if they get him?
2: Yeah, I asked about it, and uh, a few weeks ago. I, kind of wondering the same thing. Three in one class is is really rare. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think back to 2015, Will Gregg, C.J. O'Grady, and uh, I want to say Cantrell. Cantrell. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's the only three tight end class I can remember. But what I was told when I asked about it is Luke has is good enough. You make room for him regardless. Every coach in the country would take him no matter what they've already got. And, you know, not to project too much or or start – you know start rumors or anything but you look at a guy like jaden ham and he's really good at defensive end too just put that on the back burner mm-hmm. <laughs> i know he, he's really locked in with his decision but you know it, when you've got guys like that who are versatile i think it, it gives you a few more options right. to, to go ahead and be a, yep. a little more willing to maybe take
1: another guy but and you could just have three tight ends man. out there split out all over you the could. place and have some you matchup could. problems yeah
2: that's a, that's a position they've, they've kind of needed to address from a depth standpoint for the last couple of years now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can't really complain about it after they go out and address it.
1: Dwight McLeather, by the way, his transfer ranking, he actually went up a little bit. He's a 91 transfer ranking. Oh, nice. So uh, I was mentioning earlier that Arkansas is one of four uh, – or excuse me, one of two programs joining Florida uh, that has four four-star transfers right now committed. So, Danny, I've got them at 20 guys signed – 21 if you include Miles Rouser, and then 25 if you include the four transfers. What's the number? What's the number that they go up to here? Oh, God, I
2: couldn't even tell you. I, Pittman I told me 28
1: to... one day, and then somebody said it was 29, but I haven't heard that anywhere. They are like, why do you keep saying 28, Trey? It's tw- Pittman said it's 29, but all I remember him saying is 28 was mm-hmm. the number they could sign. That, that, that would be too. that would be 21 out of high school, and then the seven additionals sure. for, for transfers out. Um But they could also always blue shirt guys bring them in. Don't have official visits. It's kind of like they did with Warren Thompson. Um, Don't have official visits. Don't visit him. Bring him in and then put him on scholarship for and count him ahead to the next class. So they could definitely do that too if they feel that there's some needs. But um, right now, 25 including Rouser and I I believe three more. And where would you put the? Where would you try to get guys? I, I think you need a safety. I think you need another interior defensive lineman. And then after that, another defensive you know. lineman or a linebacker or, you know, maybe just best available, you know. Right. But I think safety and interior defensive linemen are needed.
2: I would go interior defensive lineman if you asked me to prioritize them. I'd probably go interior D line first. Man, Ridgeway, oh. people don't give him enough credit. And I know oh, he's yeah. he's got the NFL combine, he got the senior bowl invite. So that. That tells you quite a bit about what the next level thinks about him, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure fans really appreciate because you know it's it's not a glorious spot. But man, you had it took a three lot of double teams linebackers. Oh yeah, that that went over a hundred tackles because of that guy. You know, by and large, Were I mean they're,
1: they're freed really up good to make tackles. Too, Absolutely, that's Danny. right. Yeah,
2: so man, I'd like to see them replace that and uh, or or try to get close. So I would go interior D line. I'm with you on safety nickel. Uh, If you can find a guy like that, I think that would be really big. And then from there, I mean, you almost kind of want to go best available, in Mm. my opinion. I mean, how could you you hit on it there? Uh, If you could get a pass rusher, uh, man, to go along with Landon Jackson, who I I think they feel really good about, how could you turn it down uh, when you look at where they've been finishing in terms of tackles for loss Mm. and sacks, not just over the last season, but for like six, seven years now? been at the bottom of the league in both of those categories so i think you would love to get that but uh man it'd be tough to turn down another threat on offense too based yeah. on what you lost over there so
1: yeah just depends on the, uh, who's the, out there and who's interested
2: offensive line i think is pretty much set i agree uh, running back uh, i think you feel really good about it as mm-hmm. long as everybody gets through spring and, and stays with it so uh Anything else might be on the table for me, even yeah. tight end.
1: I would feel okay about where I am at, t- at wide receiver also because Jaden Hazelwood has you know, proven he can get it done on a major college level, and they feel really good about the three wide receivers they brought in last year. And, um, you know, Isaiah Satania coming in and uh, Bakay and McAdoo. I mean, it, <clears> to <throat> me, they they set themselves up pretty decently at wide receiver also. So, Yep. Oh, by the also, way, John Ridgway, I, I wanted to mention this, is the only player on the team. I don't know if you knew this. He's the only player on the team that can lift the Golden Boot trophy up uh, by himself. By himself? Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's Which, impressive. A was it thing, way? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I it's big it and too. heavy. Yep. <laughs> Just like John Ridgway. Yep. Just
2: like John. There you go. Yep. Big weekend coming up, Trey. I want to make a note of that before, yep. you, before you kick me off here. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Last Saturday, this past Saturday, was the first of three consecutive prospect days here on on the Hill. So uh, this coming Saturday will be number two. It won't be as big of a group, uh, if I had to say, but they're going to have quite a few uh, players up here. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Uh, The quarterback, incoming quarterback commitment just kind of threw me for a loop there. I've been working the phones all morning, but I had to stop and and find out a little more about uh, Cade there. But should be a good week working the phones trying to see who all is gonna come up here. But I know Dallas Young, your your recently committed corner mm-hmm. out of Gardendale, Alabama. He's he's trying to get a couple of guys to come up with him. So you can read all, all of that on Hog Sports right now in the notebook there. Everett Russo is another name. Cedar Grove, that connection stays strong down there with Jimmy Smith. So keep an eye on Everett this weekend. But uh yeah Check the site throughout the week. Should have plenty of names coming up.
1: All right, Danny. Appreciate you. Yep. Best in the biz. You uh, <laughs> All see right, ya. brother. <laughs> All right, everybody. Danny West does a great job for us. Again, if you want to read Danny's content, most of that is VIP. So you'll need a VIP subscription. It's $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. So Arkansas, you mentioned you mentioned that recruiting class in twenty twenty three. Shamar Easter, Jaden Ham, Dallas Young, the cornerback you just talked about. Anthony Evans, wide receiver, uh, out of Converse, Texas, six foot one sixty, number five hundred and nineteen overall prospect in the country, and Joey Sua offensive tackle, six five, three fifteen, number five fifty two nationally, out of Bentonville, Arkansas. So that's the class right now as it stands for twenty twenty three. So a really good start already. Where do we want to go? We'll, talk, we'll touch on basketball a little bit. Curtis Wilkerson uh, will be with you guys on Wednesday after the Tuesday game. Arkansas has, has a chance, really, I think, to um, reel off some, some wins here um, before that West Virginia game. So, let's see, they've got coming up Tuesday, South Carolina and Fayetteville – a revenge opportunity against Texas A&M on Saturday, January 22nd in Fayetteville, and then go at Ole Miss on Wednesday, okay, before welcoming West Virginia in the SEC Big 12 Challenge at 1 o'clock Saturday, January 29th. West Virginia, I think they've only lost like three games this year. You got at Georgia after that. I mean, there are some opportunities here. Mississippi State in Bud Walton Arena, Auburn in Bud Walton Arena on a Tuesday. That could be a wild one. I mean, so leading up to that, that Auburn game, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, West Virginia, Georgia, Mississippi State, and then the combination of those six games, you know, the ones you need to be at home are at home, and then, you know, you're at Georgia, you're at Ole Miss, you know, teams that you think you could take on the road possibly. Texas A&M is 15-2 and right now, by the way. Mississippi State's 12-4. and South Carolina's 10-6. Ole Miss is nine and seven. Georgia's five and twelve. Just a few of those teams. And as I mentioned, I think uh, I think West Virginia's thirteen and three, I think. Okay. Ten razorbacks who could break out. We're going to do this one real quick and then we're going to get to some questions. My number one potential breakout guy is Takeus Crawford. I think he's going to get a shot over at left tackle. If not him, then probably Jalen St. John, who I also have on this list. But to me, I think Takias Crockford, 6'5", 350, gets first crack at left tackle, see if he can handle it. And if he can't or if Jalen St. John can't, then maybe you look at maybe shifting some guys around a little bit. Maybe uh, Brady Latham slides out to tackle or something like that. Jaden Johnson is my next guy. I think some things opened up with him at the nickel spot. He's also worked at safety, but 6'2", 220. I think we're going to see him in a starting role. And another guy to maybe keep an eye on in that particular category is Ja'Cory Turner also, who uh, is a nickel. Christopher Paul, maybe I'd drop him down just a little bit because they did get Drew Sanders, but they're going to need another linebacker. I mean, you look at linebackers this year, they rotated three pretty, pretty steadily. Christopher Paul is a guy that they've talked about a lot, Six one two forty, 240, a young guy, true freshman this year. He'll be a redshirt freshman. I think he just played in one game. Another guy maybe to keep an eye on at linebacker who's younger is Marco Avant, who's been injured more than he's been healthy. Cameron Ball is my next guy, a defensive tackle. I think we see Cameron Ball maybe leapfrog some guys this year. He's the guy that they've been talking about a whole lot since he joined uh, joined the team. Uh, Georgia Southern, UAPB uh, are the two teams that he played against this season. But he was a really nice recruit, had a lot of offers, uh, but 6'5", 3'10", a guy that you know, you hear from players and coaches that he could be a guy. Kari Johnson's a guy whose name started popping up more and more towards the end of the season, and during bowl practices, there's opportunities at cornerback, so keep an eye out for Kari Johnson, even with Dwight McLethern coming in. Keetron Jackson, there's an opportunity for Keetron Jackson, too. I mean, how do things shake out at wide receiver? They lose Devion Warren. You know, they lose Tyson Morris. They lose Traylon Burks. So – Three of their top four wide receivers are, are moving on, and Keytron played a little bit last year. He only caught five passes for 97 yards, had a 29-yard touchdown cut against UAPB. A.J. Green. You know, A.J. Green adding a little bit more weight. He's 5'11", 200. I think he could put on a little bit more weight, but, you know, now you have Traylon Smith moving on. I don't know if Traylon Smith is planning on, you know, just hanging up the cleats or what he's what he's doing, uh, but I think he's just hanging up the cleats and uh, and calling it a career. He could have come back for as a super senior. But now you have really one guy that's a shifty and elusive and speedy back, and that's A.J. Green. So I would look for maybe his role to increase next season, especially getting more comfortable. Bryce Stevens. We saw Bryce Stevens had a couple of catches for only five yards. <laughs> he had uh, What do you have? Three catches for in the bowl game for five yards. So wasn't able to do much with him. But also look for him to probably start at punt return. They really like him. Jaden Hazelwood and Keetron Jackson, all three of those wide receivers from the last class. Andrew Parker is another one to keep an eye on. Um, You know, I think probably him or uh, Christopher Paul Jr. will probably be that third linebacker for him. But uh, he's played here and there. He's helped at times. You know, he's shown that he can help on this level, but obviously there were three really good linebackers ahead of him last year. He is a senior this year, so keep an eye on him. And then Jalen St. John, who I mentioned, um, you know, it just depends on how things shake out. I kind of think Jalen St. John is better suited for guard over tackle, but it just kind of depends on how things shake out, the return four guys. Uh, so that's my that's my ten possible breakout newcomers – excuse me, returnees, possible breakout returnees. And we'll do some stuff on, you know, my top ten newcomers and impact newcomers and things like that. All right. Where we want to go here? Are we frozen? It's like I still got Danny West picture up there. Everybody having a, uh, everybody okay with the audio right now? Okay. Not sure if you are or you aren't, but one more time before we get started on these questions, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel where we upload all of our videos and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Throw us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we're on Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. Anywhere and everywhere you can think of to find your favorite podcast, we are there. All right. We're just $1 right now also at hogsports.com. H-A-W-G-Sports.com. I think I got the audio figured out a little bit. We were kind of clipping a little bit for the past couple of weeks, and I couldn't figure out what setting it was that was making it do that. But I think I got it figured out now. We'll find out after the video if the audio is nice and clean again. Audio is important, right? All right, let's see what kind of questions we got. Travis Ford says, what do you think about the USF quarterback from what I've seen? He got benched his first game. He started, and he's a pro-style quarterback, do you think? It was a waste of a transfer spot. I, I don't think that. I think that they – I mean, he's a guy that's played on the Division One level, but uh, I don't think that you can have – you know, you, you need you need quality transfers, and he seems like he's a quality transfer. I mean, I, I don't think they're looking for this guy to come in and challenge for a starting job. They need somebody to come in and, and help run the offense, you know. David Osment says, Hornsby receiver or running back? Quarterback. Josh Wilbank says, yeah, but the LSU came in. I'm not sure what that means. Don Eldred says, having a problem with buffering. Hope you're not now. Lance Cox says, the new pickups are great, but if you lose three great players and pick up three great players, it's a wash, basic mass, subtraction, and addition, we need net. So here's my thought on that, Lance, and and I agree. You're just going to lose players in the transfer portal. But, um, you know, Greg Brooks is a good player here. Joe Fouché was a good player here. Were either of them great players? I don't know. Are either of them going to the NFL? I mean, probably not. Is Landon Jackson going to the NFL? Too early to say. Jaden Hazelwood, too early to say. I mean, I, I really think if you like, if you're going to weigh what's happened in the transfer portal um, versus you know what hasn't, and it's four, four, four players by the way: McLuthern, Hazelwood, Jackson, and uh, Drew Sanders. So four and two. You just lost two. So, four and two, that's the math. It's not basic math. <laughs> it's basic math, but it's not three and three, it's four and two. Isn't that right? they lose anybody else of any major significance? I don't think so. So, right now they're picking up four guys out of the transfer portal and losing two. Well, Josh Wilbank said we need some defensive players. I mean, that's what they're doing. McLuthern, Sanders, Jackson, that's three Yes, Aaron Jordan, I meant uh, Rouser, not Slusher. Slusher is stays on my mind for some reason. I don't know what it is, but I keep mentioning his name in place of other people. Josh Wilbank says, what about the wide receiver spot? I mean, they got Jaden Hazelwood. I mean, that's about as good as you're going to do out of the transfer portal. I think he's the number two ranked wide receiver in the portal. And they've got some young guys coming up. I mean, Keetron Jackson is a guy with a lot of ability. They really like uh, Bryce Stevens. They like um, – uh, drawing a blank on the other guy, Jaden Wilson. And um, they got Isaiah Satania coming in, Samuel Abake, Quincy McAdoo. I mean, they've recruited pretty well at the position. So Dallas Sprinkle says, is Rouser still projected to sign with us? I don't know what's going on with Rouser. I just know it's something unrelated to football. I really have no idea. That's all I've been told. I have no idea why he hasn't signed yet. And people have said, why don't you tell us that you know. I don't. I really don't know. I just know it's something outside of football. Jason McFadden says, well, our football roster talent next year likely rank in the top half of the SEC. Yeah, I think they have a chance to do that. I would have to look at it based on, you know, star rankings and stuff like that, but they've got a chance. I mean, they've, they've been killing it in the transfer portal, that's for sure. Jason Dunlap says, "What's up with the USF quarterback? Will the move will they move Hornsby to wide receiver?" I don't see that happening. And I don't know much about the the USF quarterback although he's originally signed with North Carolina and transferred to USF where he's been the last couple of years. It happened right before we started the show. Adam Mills says, "Danny, how do you see Drew Sanders fitting in on defense next year?" So, just to answer for Danny, I think he's a guy that you could rush with him, you know, he's he could be an edge guy if you needed him to, um, and a guy who lines up, you know, as a regular uh, Mike linebacker, do a lot of different things with the guy. Six five, two forty three. Landon Montgomery says, "I really think we compete to win the West next year." What are your thoughts, Trey? I mean, you get Alabama at home, that's nice. Alabama's tough. <laughs> I mean, they're they were a young team this year, so they're going to return a lot. But you do get them at home. Are you ready to take that leap? I mean, you only lost by a touchdown on the road. You'd have to get a similar type of game, and, you know. Alabama not being great on their A game. I mean, you got to get lucky also. But to me, like the idea of like what you need to have to beat Alabama is theoretically there. You know, you got a, a good nucleus coming back. You're at home. You got a dual threat quarterback who's, you know, probably the best quarterback Arkansas has had in a long time. And KJ, I would expect him to take another step forward this year. So, who knows? I think they've got the makeup of a good team. You know, could just depend on maybe a couple other pieces out of the portal, the interior defensive line. I mean, they lost a lot on the defensive line, so you need some guys to step up. It would be nice to find, like, another John Ridgway type of guy to go inside, wouldn't it? Marcus Washington says, Is Arkansas's defense a plug-and-play style for linebackers, or do they need to be developed in this scheme? It's a good question. I mean – For high school guys on any level, I would say you're probably not very good. (laughs) Just because it's so difficult to play on this level, just one false step and somebody can go right past you. But for a guy like Drew Sanders who's been playing college football in the SEC, I would think that he can probably jump right in. And, I mean, he's enrolling early. Like all these guys are enrolling early. There's like four guys that aren't enrolling early. That's outstanding. So all these guys that you need to come in and make an impact. Everybody tell me the audio is good. I appreciate that. What games do we win at home next year? Arkansas football schedule. Start off with Cincinnati. Is Cincinnati or South Carolina? Start with an SEC game. Cincinnati. Start with, I mean it's a tough it's a tough opening stretch but There's a lot of home games. So, you start off with Cincinnati. They lose their quarterback. I think there's a good chance Arkansas wins that one. I mean, it's not going to be easy. South Carolina and Fayetteville. South, South Carolina obviously started coming on, but they get them in Fayetteville week two. Now, I don't know who South Carolina opens with, but Arkansas certainly can't overlook Cincinnati and look to week two. They open with Georgia State. So, South Carolina may have a couple weeks to prepare a little extra. And then it's Bobby Petrino coming to Fayetteville, Missouri State. What an opening stretch, all those games in Fayetteville. And then it's Texas A&M and Arlington. That's a big one. Texas A&M in Arlington. Arkansas is the away team this year, so that's good. Doesn't count against them for a home team. And then it's Alabama. I mean, that's the stretch. Cincinnati, South Carolina, Bobby Petrino in Missouri State, Texas A&M, Alabama. And then you got to go at Mississippi State for the Pirate. This is all straight. And then it's at BYU in the middle of the season. So seven straight weeks. Seven straight weeks of football. All tough opponents. BYU was ranked this year. Cincinnati was ranked this year. I don't think Mississippi State was ever ranked. Alabama was ranked number two. Texas A&M was ranked at some point this season. I don't know if they finished ranked or not. They were 25th, I think, heading into the bowl games. Missouri State, I believe, was also ranked on the FCS level. South Carolina, I don't think, was ranked. And then you get your bye week right in the middle of the season, so that's good. And then it's at Auburn. I mean, how many years is Auburn owed some paid back? But you're at Auburn after that bye week against BYU. And then it's Liberty, who was ranked this season. And they're losing their quarterback also. So, Liberty, Hugh Freeze and Liberty. Then LSU in Fayetteville welcome Greg Brooks and Joe Fouché back. Ole Miss in Fayetteville, Missouri at Farratt Field. I wonder if they'll move that game to Arrowhead. And then SEC championship game December third. So I mean, it's a brutal schedule once again. There does not feel like there's any easy weeks. But Arkansas can win with this schedule. I'm not saying they're gonna win all of them, obviously, but. Get the bye week right in the middle of the season. That BYU game is poorly placed. I mean, a stretch of Texas A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State, and then BYU on the road. Seventh straight week of football. So... Tyler Tober says, when you talk about needing transfer defensive linemen, what are the main issues we have with the current D-line room besides experience? I think experience and just overall depth. I mean, I just think it would it would help to add another body in there. You know, I think Cameron Ball probably would take a nice leap. Um, you know, Isaiah Nichols is a veteran guy in there. But I, to me, I, I would like to see them get a little bit bigger, a little more size. I mean, you got some 300-pound guys, but, you know, maybe just get a little bit bigger on the interior, a true nose. I remember there was a t- a lot of hype behind Marcus Miller and and Carter when they were coming in. Yeah, I mean Marcus just hasn't progressed up that depth chart yet. And you know Carter Carter's a good player. I don't know that he's a um, you know going to play on the next level or anything like that. But he's a good player. I mean they've got some good players up front. Just like the only thing is like, is there a great one? <laughs> is there a great one out there you can get in the transfer portal? Because you got to have great defensive linemen. Jim Smith says, are we sticking to a dual-threat quarterbacks only in the future classes? Uh, all the quarterbacks on the roster right now are dual-threat. So, it feels like it. <laughs> I mean, it just depends, like, who's available out there. You know, that Arnold kid out there, he's ran for, like, 700 yards last season, so maybe he's a dual-threat too, but he's definitely a throw-first guy. Aaron Jordan says, are these transfers coming in this semester? They are. They're moving in today. Move-in day. Obviously, they're out of school today. Today is Martin Luther King Day, so they're out of school today. But they're they're all moving in, all twenty. Anthony Longinotti says, "Do we expe- do expect Hudson Henry to stick around? He has had a hard time seeing the field. I think so. I, don't, I haven't heard anything that would indicate he would leave. I mean, there's opportunities that tied in next year. It's Sam Temple. Sam Temple says is KJ preseason top SEC on caller. I think he he's got a chance to make some less." I think he'll make some preseason list. Drew Rucker says thoughts on our first game versus Cincy. I mean, they gotta replace their quarterback. It's in Fayetteville. It's the opener. I mean, anybody can get up for one game. That's that's definitely a game they'll have circled, you know. It's not gonna be easy. Sam Temple says, also, how do you think we fare against Cincinnati and BYU early in the season? I mean, they're both ranked. They're both good teams. Nathan Po I haven't, like, dove into either of them, you know. I've watched Cincinnati play, obviously. I haven't seen BYU play, I don't think. Nathan Post says, isn't Louisiana on the schedule also? I don't think so. See, non-conference games are Cincinnati, Missouri State, BYU and Liberty, so no, no Louisiana. Marco Giles says, K.J. has improved every season that he's touched the field. He's going to be a beast next year. Has a chance to. Justin Step still is at South Carolina. Adam Mills. David Osmond says, I read where Pacino just picked up Jordan Jones. Yeah, Jordan Jones will be returning also next year, former Razorback wide receiver. Wes Glass says, when do y'all talk to Sam again? Probably National Signing Day at this point. I mean, he may release some statement. I mean, there's still some contract stuff out there. There's still a little bit of talk with Bryles in Miami, although the latest thing I heard out of there was that uh, maybe uh, Crystal Ball's looking looking to the NFL, see how the hires and fires shake out there. Maybe looking there. So, West Glass, uh, I just mentioned that. Tracy McKnight says, who made this schedule? The SEC is tough enough, LOL. Uh, I guess that would be probably Jeff Long. These are scheduled out pretty far in <laughs> advance. But, I mean, Cincinnati was always going to be a tough non-conference. They've been tough since, since Brian Kelly was there. They've been good. And that's been a long time now, you know. So, that was always going to be a tough one. Missouri State, I'm sure they looked at that one and said, you know, it's, but it's Bobby Petrino. They'll still beat them, but, you know, still Bobby Petrino coming to today. There's still going to be a lot of energy around that one. BYU. I mean BYU was going to be a tough one anyway. That's like that's their non-conference SEC or not. Non, that's their Power Five game. You can count BYU and Notre Dame as Power Five opponents. You got to have one on your schedule. And Liberty, I mean Liberty was nothing before Hugh Freeze got there. They weren't even they weren't even FBS for a long. I mean until fairly recently. So it kind of reminds me of that USC year when Arkansas had played them. They were like USC was like thirty-five and thirty-five over like. However, nine nine year eight nine year stretch or something, and then of course when they fall on Arkansas' schedule, they you know revive the program and are power you know the powerhouse in college football. So it's kind of these things are scheduled so far out. All right, everybody, I want to thank you for your questions. I want to thank Danny West for joining and uh, talking a little bit of Razorback recruiting. And Curtis Wilkerson will be back with you guys for the midweek show on Wednesday for Hog Hoops Live following Arkansas's game against. Heck, who do they play this week? South Carolina. South Carolina? I think so, on Tuesday. So, hell, I think that's right. Anyway, that's it. There's a lot to talk about today. I think we got through all of it. And, uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think I got everything I want to say. All right, everybody, appreciate you joining me on this Martin Luther King Day, remembering his messages of peace and equality as we uh, we exit here. And uh, we'll be back with you guys, I guess, next week, unless there's some reason I need to hop on. You never know. But uh, Curtis will be back with you guys on Wednesday for Hog Hoops Live. All right, everybody. This has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.